Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast with myself, David Pennell, co-founder of Vegan Business Tribe. And if you have a vegan business or you're just thinking about starting one, then Vegan Business Tribe is here to support you and inspire you, not just to build a vegan business, but to build a successful vegan business business. And as always, if you want to go beyond the podcast and connect with our community of like-minded vegan entrepreneurs, then head over to veganbusinesstribe.com where you can get new free content, interviews and articles every single week. Or if you want more support and at the same time be able to support us, then you can also join our paid Vegan Business Tribe membership. And this means you can attend our online networking events where you can meet other vegan business owners just like you. You can get support from Lisa and myself in the forums or even study our vegan marketing course. And we're always just so grateful to our paid members because they are the people who let us keep recording this podcast every week and putting out all our content and just genuinely doing everything we can to support vegan businesses. So if you're on the same mission, then go check out our membership site also. The topic for most of these podcast episodes actually comes from the questions that our Vegan Business Tribe members ask us. And today is no different. Because one thing that is holding back many vegan business owners is not wanting to go up against some of the big companies that are now entering the plant-based marketplace. Now, even if you are not on social media yourself, it has been almost impossible to miss some of the big brands that have launched vegan products this last year or so. The Vegan Galaxy Chocolate Bar. Oh my God. You know, the Craig's Vegan Sausage Roll. You, you can't have missed that. The high street clothing chain New Look bringing out their vegan line. Even luxury car manufacturers are offering vegan alternatives to leather interiors. The vegan and plant-based markets have exploded and big brands, they are taking note. It's seen as a really hot sector that will keep on growing. Even business magnate and star of The Apprentice here in the UK, Lord Alan Sugar, is backing and investing in vegan businesses. He was quoted as saying this. From a business point of view, one can't blame companies, including our own, from jumping on the bandwagon and starting to produce vegan products. That's exactly why we're doing this. That's how you remain in business. If there is a demand for a new kind of product like a vegan item, then of course you need to cater for it. And those that don't will fall behind. It's as simple as that. Now, that was Lord Alan Sugar, one of the biggest names in business in the UK, backing plant-based. But did you hear what was missing from his reasons for getting into plant-based? He actually talks about jumping on the bandwagon. He talks about catering for demand so that you don't fall behind. Did you hear him talking about backing vegan to not kill animals? No, of course not. That's not why he's interested. Did you even hear him say that we need to move to plant-based for health reasons or for the environment? Again, no. Now, compare that with your reason for having a vegan business. Did you do it 
just to jump on the bandwagon? Or are you doing it to make a difference in the world, to align how you make a living with your own personal ethics? And if you and Lord Sugar, if you were to sit down next to each other and tell a group of vegans why you got involved in the vegan sector, which do you think your customers would connect with? Now, most large food manufacturers have a head of plant-based. And take notice, that's not a head of vegan, but a head of plant-based. And the reason they have these roles is simple. These companies, they're looking at people like Beyond Meat, Oatly and Meatless Farms. They're looking at them disrupt the marketplace. They are seeing the huge customer bases they have built and how they are taking spend away from animal-based products. Remember, 93% of Beyond Meat's customers are meat eaters. Just now, they're eating less. So, of course, in this situation, the companies are going to try and bring out their own plant-based products to win some of those customers back. The biggest milk producer in the UK, Arla, recently launched their own oat drink brand, Yord, to win back some of the customers they're losing to plant milks. But you won't see any mention of Arla on the packaging or the Yord website. Alpro, again, their plant milks and yogurts are absolutely loved by vegans. But Alpro is owned by Danone, France's biggest dairy producer. And in conversations that I've had with brand managers of the big multinational food manufacturers, they have openly said that vegan attracts a premium. And what do they mean by that? Well, it means that they will happily charge more for their plant-based products, not because they cost more to make or the ingredients are more expensive or because they're putting money back into changing the industry, but simply because they believe consumers will pay more for plant-based. And if you're at the start of your vegan or plant-based journey, then you probably will. If you've just turned vegan and you are missing your favourite food, then you will pay £3 for a bar of vegan galaxy chocolate. But how long will that last? How long will you keep paying a premium for items that make up your weekly shop? The reason companies have been getting away with charging more for their plant-based alternatives, well, getting away so far, is because we have all grown up with these brands. They have huge brand recognition. We have developed relationships with them and they've got hooks in our subconsciousness from a lifetime of advertising. And as consumers, we want these brands to transition with us. In the UK, the majority of vegans are recent converts. And by recent, I mean in the last three to five years or so. And many want to continue their relationships with the brands that they know and trust. So, these companies bringing out plant-based versions of their products, it allows us to do that. But again, usually at a premium. Now, I'm actually an advocate of big brands bringing out plant-based options and versions because everyone's vegan journey starts in its own place. And if trying a dairy company's oat drink is someone's first positive exposure to a plant-based alternative to milk then that's fine by me. That is just another potential future vegan convert. Few people transition overnight. I took nearly 
10 years myself of going from meat reduction to dairy avoidance to a plant-based diet to eventually becoming consciously vegan. And it was things like the fast food chains, veg alternatives that helped me on that journey. However, that route took me 10 years. Why? Because I simply didn't engage with the ethics of what was on my plate. The brands, they didn't encourage me to. The dairy companies, they didn't want me to ditch their products entirely and they certainly were not going to educate me on what really happens behind the closed doors in their dairies. The fast food chains didn't want to stop me visiting them entirely and go find another more ethical place to spend my money. They wanted to give me just enough to stay a customer whilst catering for my changing diet. And the word that we keep coming back to here is ethics. And I'm not saying that all large companies are unethical, but if you're going to go toe-to-toe with them, you know it's one place that you've got a good chance of beating them. You share the ethics of people you are selling to. The big brands, when they're selling to vegans, they just don't. They might have run focus groups and surveys so they know what vegan ethics are, I'm yet to see a big brand launch a vegan product and donate a percentage of their sales to animal shelters. They think they know what vegans care about, which is why Colgate launched their vegan toothpaste in a specially developed compostable packaging, because vegans care about the environment, right? But it was £5 a tube. £5 for a tube of vegan toothpaste. Because vegan, remember, attracts a premium. If you are vegan yourself and you are selling to vegan customers or people who are somewhere on that plant-based journey, then you are always going to be able to connect with your customers through your ethics where the big brands, they can't. Now, I know this is a daunting concept. If you're a local vegan bakery in the UK, for example, how do you compete with the likes of Greg's and their vegan sausage roll who seem to be on every street corner? And it always, it pains me a little when I see a vegan business closed down and in their farewell post, they say they've achieved their mission. That when they opened five years ago, they were the only place in town that you could get vegan brownies, for example. And now you can buy them in Marks and Spencers and all the high street chains. So they just can't compete anymore. And I know that this is the company looking for a silver lining to going out of business. And huge respect to you if you've gone through that kind of journey yourself. But all high street chains selling vegan options, that isn't mission complete. Yes, Getting plant-based foods onto the menu in the biggest of stores, that is a huge win. Removing any animal products from the supply chain, and be that in food or fashion or even services that companies offer, all that is everything we're here to do. But just because the biggest brands are doing it, it doesn't mean that the mission is complete for vegan companies. And it doesn't mean that you can't or shouldn't go into fierce, direct competition with these bigger brands. Remember, as a vegan business, you have a burning desire to make the world a fairer, cruelty-free place. For you, lives are at stake. 
And that really gives you a reason to succeed. But how can you go up against companies that have years of brand recognition, huge marketing budgets and agreements with supermarkets to get the best shelf placement? Well, you can because you've got three advantages over these brands. Your ethics, your knowledge of vegan customers and your mission. You can build up a really loyal follower base of people who are not motivated by money, but are motivated to follow you because they believe in your mission and the change you're trying to make in the world. And if you haven't listened to episode six of the podcast, you might want to jump back and listen to it, because that's why I talk about how to build a tribe of core customers who all believe in your mission. So back to the question. How do you use your ethics to compete against these big brands? How can you be what they call a challenger brand and actually convince a plant-based or vegan consumer to buy your product over a vegan product from a big brand that they already know and recognize? Well, let's take a look at an example. I've already mentioned the launch of a vegan galaxy chocolate bar. And now, if you weren't aware of this, it sold out across the UK. People were buying whole boxes from the supermarket shelves, even at £3 a bar. And they were posting photos of themselves on social media, much to the annoyance of the other vegans who only found an empty shelf. And if you're a vegan chocolate manufacturer, how can you compete with that? How can you compete with someone like Galaxy? launching a vegan bar. Well, let's compare the Vegan Galaxy with a UK company called Moo Free. Now, you might or might not have heard about Moo Free before, but they also make amazing vegan chocolate. And I should know I'm something of a connoisseur. And you will also find them in the supermarkets too, but probably not in the main chocolate section. They don't have the relationship with the supermarkets to negotiate that kind of placement of their product. But you will find them in the free from section. Now, if you are a recent vegan convert and you had to choose between buying the vegan galaxy that you recognize and a moo free bar that you don't, then nine times out of ten, you will pick the galaxy bar, even at three pound. They have the brand recognition. They've spent a lot of money on packaging design and fancy graphics. What Galaxy don't have, however, are the same ethics as their customers. And they're banking on you not noticing this. Galaxy is owned by Mars Inc. And what about the hundreds of thousands of litres of milk that they use in their main products? Or does the compostable packaging and the Swiss graphics distract us enough away from thinking about that? Now, let's take a look at Moofree as a company instead and just compare the two. Moofree are on a mission to show that acting in an ethical and inclusive human way is easy to do. They say that only by looking at the world differently and challenging what is normal, that is the only way to bring about change. They've got vegan factories that send zero waste to landfill. All their ingredients are ethically and sustainably sourced. And they also work, and this is amazing, they work with a charity that helps people with disabilities get into work. And the last time I spoke with Mufri, about 20% of their employees were people with autism. They hold two festivals a year, Moo Fest and Moo Mass, 
just for their employees and their families. And if you want more, just go take a look at their ethics section on their website. It runs over several pages. Now, once you know all this, as an ethical vegan going out to buy chocolate, where are you more likely to put your money? When you know that you can get amazing chocolate, and Mufi do make amazing chocolate, trust me, and at the same time support a company that is on a real mission, that is doing all this great work and that they align with your ethics, then you're going to buy that product over the big brand. The reality is, though, this is a longer game to play. As I said, you will make that decision once you know about a company's ethics and communicating that and getting that over to customers, that takes time and it takes effort. Remember, the big companies, they've got brand recognition that has been built up sometimes over decades. They connected with us in our childhood and trying to beat them using their rules, that just isn't going to work. You can't just say that you make a better product than them because they will use their marketing power to convince customers otherwise. However, you can have a better story to tell than them, but this means it's going to take more time to get that story out there. Now, there's a reason that you didn't hear about Oatly until the company was 20 years old. Yes, and if you didn't know it, Oatly started out in the 90s. They spent years only being sold in health food shops until they made a conscious break into supermarkets. The same with Mufri. The more people who learned and aligned with their mission, the more the word spread and the more they built their tribe until they had a customer base to get stocked in supermarkets too. They haven't built a business so much as a movement. And this is why it's so important that you educate your customers about why you are doing what you do. It's so important that you communicate your ethics and your campaigning. And that might be through your social media or your email marketing, or even by having an open day and getting people to your premises to learn all about your business and what you stand for. Because once a consumer connects with your ethics, and I mean really connects with it, and once they know that you share the same ethics that they do, this is where you can and will win against the large brands coming into the marketplace. Look at Mufri. Unless you're vegan or you've got a reason to buy chocolate made without dairy, such as you're lactose intolerant, you probably won't have heard of them. But their story spreads even in the face of the money that bigger brands are putting into their marketing because they connect with consumers' ethics in a way that Galaxy Chocolate just never will. And if you sell a service rather than a product, then that message is just as important. In fact, I could argue it's more important. If someone is buying an intangible product, so something that they can't actually get their hands on, then knowing that their money is supporting a company that aligns with their ethics, that's what will keep them buying. That's why we're seeing vegan accountants, vegan virtual assistants, even vegan plumbers all finding plenty of work in what a very crowded marketplace is. They're connecting with their customers in a way that means those customers will keep coming back. They can demonstrate they are ethically aligned with them.
Another great company that you can learn from is Viva La Vegan Clothing. And again, I've mentioned Viva La Vegan before on these podcasts. Now, you can buy vegan clothes from many high street clothes shops now, but none of those have the ethical credibility of Viva La Vegan. Their founder, Jay Charlton, created a clothing brand that embraces fashion as activism, and it allows them to compete against much bigger, less ethical brands. Follow them on social media, and you see Jay herself delivering a truckload of spoiled vegetables collected from food banks to the local animal sanctuary. Their clothes have ethical vegan slogans that start conversations, not just a picture of an avocado that you might find on a vegan t-shirt in a supermarket. The supermarket is just jumping on a bandwagon, not ethically connecting with a vegan audience. And you can build that connection away from where you're in competition with other brands. You might first meet a new customer at a vegan fair or maybe even on one of our Vegan Business Tribe online networking events. And because of the way we now do business and the way that we now shop, you can deal direct with your customers and create your own buying environment. If you do sell a physical product, it's now easy to send that product direct to your customers without always having to go through retailers. In the last podcast, I talked about One Planet Pizza and their direct-to-consumer model. They send out frozen vegan pizzas direct to their customers. And you know what? It still arrives frozen, completely skipping the supermarkets. I order a number of vegan products like this direct from the companies themselves rather than browsing at a retailer and they turn up on my doorstep the next day. If I'm ordering direct, that company isn't fighting with the big brands to be put into my basket. Now, these are all companies that I believe in, that I've got to know and that I know are helping to create the vegan world that I want to see. I follow them on social. I recommend them in Facebook groups when people ask for recommendations. And I even mention them in my podcasts. And it means I'm spreading the word about them with other people who I know will also align with their ethics. Right now, especially, is such a good time to start highlighting your vegan ethics as a business. Following the first pandemic lockdown, Lisa and I were able to return to our local vegan cafe and the owner told us about how many new faces she had walking through her door. And these were all people who were not vegan. But the pandemic, it had made them look closer at their relationship with animals and it was changing their buying behaviour as a result. So take a look at your business. And I suspect that if you are a vegan company, then one of the reasons you started your vegan business was to align your personal ethics with how you make a living. So how can you bring those ethics of what you do front and centre in your business? How can you communicate them with the people that you want to sell to? And if this question actually makes you stop and scratch your head and you're thinking, I'm not sure how I can share my ethics because I'm not sure what my ethics as a company are, then this is actually a really important conversation for you to have with yourself or your team. So if your company isn't connected with the vegan cause in any way apart from being a vegan business, then how can you change it so that it is? 
If your company isn't looking to make the world a better place, then what can you do to connect that with the ethics of the people who you're looking to sell to who are? How can your business actively move a vegan cause forward so that you can prove to your customers that you are on the same mission that they are? Because this is what will separate you from the big brands who are simply not. Okay, so let's just wrap up with a quick bullet point list reminder of what we've covered in this episode. Point one, a lot of big brands and companies, they see vegan as just a hot sector that they need to be involved in without really understanding why. And this is just going to keep growing. Point two, most of these brands, however, they're launching plant-based products not to change the world, but to make money from a new consumer trend. Remember that comment about vegan attracting a premium? That's how they're thinking. And this is where you can differentiate yourself. And this is where you can win. Point three, these large brands have huge brand recognition. They've got huge marketing budgets to go with it and they've got influence over where their products are seen. You can't beat them if you try to play that game. Point four. So instead, you can trade on your ethics instead of your marketing budget. But that takes time. It takes time and effort to educate consumers and build that following. Remember, Oatly are a 20-year-old overnight success. It took Moofree 10 years to get into all the major supermarkets, and you still might not have even noticed them yet. Point five. Once you connect with a customer ethically, they are much more likely to stay a customer. And even if that means that they order from your website direct instead of buying your product from a store. Point six. You don't need to make a physical product to win on ethics. If you are vegan and you need a plumber, wouldn't you rather give your money to a plumbing company that shares your same ethics and that you know are working towards bringing about a vegan world just like you are? And finally, point seven. If this episode is making you scratch your head because you're not sure if you've got those ethics to shout about, then what are you going to do about that? Can your company start using some of its resources to support a vegan cause? Can you launch some kind of side gig that is campaign-led or actively creates more vegans? Can you and your team just head out onto the streets once a month leafleting or chalking vegan messages on the pavement? How can you make your company ethically align and connect with your customers in a way that the big brands and those that are just jumping on the vegan bandwagon simply cannot? Okay, now I hope this episode has really made you think because companies grow and prosper all the time, even when they're in a marketplace with huge competitors. You can stand against big brands and sometimes you carve out your own loyal customer base that will give you everything you need to be successful. But other times you might completely disrupt the marketplace or create an entirely new sector. Just five years ago, you might have struggled to buy plant milk in a supermarket. And it's only now that the dairy companies are trying to respond to the change in demand by launching their own. But remember, you've got something that they don't have. That burning desire to create a fairer, 
cruelty-free world. And when you have a vegan business, lives are literally at stake. You can use that passion. You can tap into the change that you want to see in the world and that will give you the energy and the tenacity to go out there and make it. So thank you so much for listening. As always, I really appreciate you giving me your time. And don't forget to check out the website also at veganbusinesstribe.com because this is where you can get involved with our full vegan business community. And I would absolutely love for you to be part of it. And then I can introduce you to the other people who share your vision, the other businesses that are also on the same vegan mission that you are. Because together, we're working towards a vegan world by changing the business landscape. And as a final favour, just before you go, don't forget to tap that subscribe button or to leave us a five-star review if your platform lets you do that. Or even share a link to this episode with others because that's how you can help us reach more people and to get to that vegan world just that little bit quicker. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you on the next one.